listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another new episode of ESL Talk. We are your hosts. I'm Faye. And I'm Daniel. Last week, we learned a lot about student mental health from our guest, Hajar. And this week, we're wrapping up season three, discussing goal setting and how to plan ahead for success in 2022. Yeah, if you missed last week's episode or you'd like to catch up on all of our previous episodes, you can do so via our website, which is esltalk.com. That's esl-talk.com. And you can also get early access to new episodes, extra content, one-to-one monthly teaching webinars, mentoring, and exclusive free merchandise by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash ESL talk. So as the holidays are over and we're now firmly into 2022, a lot of us are starting to get to work on our goals and we're trying to achieve our goals as teachers. Yes, and we will be digging deep into this topic today, just the two of us uh, to wrap things up for our season. So let's get to it and talk about our goals and how we go about achieving them and how others can reach their goals too. From the conversations I've had with a lot of teachers so far, we're kind of We've had the Christmas, we've had the New Year break, and we're just mm-hmm. starting to get into it now, even though it's the beginning of February as we record this, but right. it's never too late and it's always a good idea to hit the ground running. So Faye, what professional goals have you set for yourself in 2022? Um, you know, this year, one big thing I really want to get off the ground is my YouTube channel, um, mm. just as a way to, like, we talk a lot about passive income and stuff like that. And I find that I've relied a lot on Instagram as my marketing tool. But I would love to explore YouTube a little bit more, both mm-hmm. to do live lessons, but for content and like ad revenue, but also as another way to, you know, reach more um, students and a, bi- a bigger audience out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my biggest goal. And then using that to um, keep um, selling my course that I worked so hard on last year. And I would sure. love to have it be like dozens of students every month. So (laughs) that's my goal for this year. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit more about the course? You've kind of mentioned it, you know, briefly. What is it exactly about the course for our listeners? Last year, I really wanted to, um, I noticed that a lot of my followers and a lot of my students here in Vancouver were people that I've always worked with more intermediate advanced learners who were completely fluent, but when they would arrive in an English speaking country, they would Mm -hmm. feel like they were lacking that day-to-day knowledge of the language, you know, expressions and different ways of saying things that were not what they're taught by traditional uh, classroom settings or course books. So I developed a course 
um, to help students with their real life English needs. Um, And so this is aimed at students who either live in an English speaking country or plan to, um, who are at a more advanced level, but feel that need to to use English at work and day to day. So it's divided into four themes, um, talking about problems, talking about plans and intentions, you know, things like talking about character Mm -hmm. and preferences. And it's all very like context based. And I do a lot of expressions, vocabulary and grammar through it as well. So it's all recorded. It's all there. And, you know, it was a lot of effort because we talked about how we had to learn so many things becoming teacher entrepreneurs, right? Like video editing, um, recording and all that. So using all these different softwares and platforms and et cetera. Mm -hmm. It's good to it's good to hear this, Faye, because I know a lot of us are thinking the same thing or we're going down similar paths and Mm to think about ways that we can better engage our learners, give them more value and add more to their experience is always, you know, something that we can do to set the yeah. goal. So um, yeah. Is there anything else that you're looking to do maybe professionally in terms of developing your skills or your training? You know, I would um, love to get back into working with other teachers and mm-hmm. teacher training. And I've, we've talked a little bit about our plans, which we're going to discuss for later today. Uh, but I've connected with a couple of other uh, teachers as well that were our guests here about doing more workshops and things like that uh, to assist teachers um, that are transitioning to online teaching or teachers that are just starting out in the business, because that's something I'm really passionate about as well. Yeah. And in terms of professional development, mostly what I want to do this year is just work on my marketing skills. And yeah. as a teacher, as, as, a, as a, a businesswoman now, you know, a business owner, let's say, yes. I feel like that's something I lack. And we learned a lot with our guests this year about that too, right? We have, we have for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Now, what about for you, Daniel? What are your big goals for the year? Are they similar or, or do you have other plans? <laughs> well, the plans for world domination might have to wait a little bit, but um <laughs> In terms of the goals I set myself, I was I was kind of pretty um, I was pretty ambitious in what I set. So um, I, I I'm pretty active on LinkedIn now. That's kind of where I'm focusing most of my attention um, in terms of engagement, and I'll talk about that later. But what I've tried to say is that I want to work with 100 new students this year, and that sounds like wow, mm-hmm. how are you going to do that? Um, and my plan is to try to help as many students as possible in what I'm doing, and, and my main focus now is kind of working with international students, helping them with academic writing, helping them adjust to university life or research or PhD or master's in the US, in Canada, in the UK. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it's been a really good journey so far. And again, it's not something that I've been able to throw all my attention into, but mm-hmm. it's going really well. So my goal is to try to work with as many students as possible to help them be successful in their, their writing. And mm-hmm. then I've also like you because of, of, you know, of how we've been networking and meeting lots of wonderful people, which again, we'll talk about later. Um, I've really started to put myself more into curriculum development now and content mm-hmm. design. Um, and that's again, another, another um, stream that we talked about. That's going to be really helpful for me in terms of building um, different you know income streams and developing and connecting mm-hmm. and networking. So my main goals are to work with as many students as possible keep develop, developing, refining, improving uh, my offerings, the, 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 the serv- not the service, but I say, yeah, like what I offer my students as a whole. And then again, I'm trying to kind of branch out and, and improve my curriculum, develop those so I can help people 
of course, ESL talk is a huge part of what we do now. So yeah. that's a priority as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, trying to help as many teachers as well. Um, I find myself having, like you, having more and more conversations with teachers. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really wonderful to help them. And again, we've got, we've got something we want to talk about a little bit later. So yeah. we'll hold on with that. But those, those are, are our goals. And again, you know, they might sound quite ambitious. You might be listening, thinking, I, I can't do that. Well, it's, it's definitely possible. We just have to think about an approach and we have to break it down into steps. That's you, you, you definitely don't know until you try, right? It's, it's exactly. a goal and yeah. you, you really got nothing to lose. I think it's a great goal that you've set yourself. And like that number to me, seems completely possible knowing what you can do and what you've done as so we, far. I don't think it's that on, far off. <laughs> yeah. As we sit here on February 1st, I'm 15% of the way there. So it's a good, that's amazing. Good yeah. Month. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's excellent. And how do you go about planning, setting and reaching those goals that you, yeah. for example, these ones that you've set yourself? Yeah, I think it's always a good idea to reflect and see where you're at. So over the Christmas break, I had a little bit of quote unquote downtime. Mm-hmm. And that time was great for me because I can reflect and think, okay, wow, I I did all these things last year. How can I improve what I'm doing? How can I refine what I'm doing or make it more um, valuable for students, mm-hmm. maybe more valuable for me if I want to think about it in that sense. So it's not necessarily having a plan A, a plan B and a plan C. It's this is my plan A. How can I keep improving plan A and reworking mm-hmm. plan A and making it as good as it can be? So the approach might've been before, okay, I'm going to work with 20 one-to-one students at a time. Now that's probably going to leave me burned out. It's going to leave me pretty exhausted. Lots right. of teaching, lots of different things. So instead of teaching 20 students, everything. Okay. I'm just going to now focus on adult learners or maybe older learners, you know, maybe mm-hmm. above teenage year uh, years uh, in terms of age. So mm-hmm. that way, okay. I'm improving that now. I have my target. Um, am I going to teach reading, writing, IELTS, um, speaking, um, right. test prep, kids uh, reading? Well, that's a lot of different things I have to do. So maybe not, maybe it's I'm going to focus on these one or two things now. So two mm-hmm. offerings as opposed to five. That's again, is saving me a lot of time. And then again, sure. instead of teaching 20 students for 20 hours a week, I can now go, okay, let's, let's look at some groups. Let's get a couple of students into groups. And again, that's tricky to do, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. And then again, those 20 hours come down to maybe 15 hours a week. Okay, great. Now I can start working on content, developing content, building curriculum, which I can then use for students. So then planning becomes faster. Um, You know, I have a system in place to support students, give them more in terms of an online platform, in terms of, uh, you know, groups where they can communicate on Facebook um, and and those kinds of things. So I generally would look at what I've done before. And like this year, 100 students. Okay, I worked with about 65 students last year. So that's a a big jump, but it's possible because I'm going to be more efficient. I'm going to be more uh, cohesive and I'm going to have extra things in place. So that's how I've thought about it. And I ha- and you have to have a plan for that. So I haven't just said an arbitrary 100 students. Right. Yeah. Well, it's going to be 10 students in January. Okay. And then maybe another seven or eight in February. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we have a group, another group set up. So that way we keep the ball rolling and something that seems really impossible because I've come out of the gate, you know, pretty hard and I've got 15 students so far, which sounds very difficult. But if you have a good plan for that, then it is possible. So push yourself, but don't be too ambitious, but don't be too uh, cautious and think about how you're going to get there. What are the steps? Because if we mm-hmm. break something down into smaller steps, it's much more achievable and it's much more attainable. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my approach. What about for you, Faye? 
Yeah, I mean, what you said, uh, something that I remember we talked a lot about with Elena as well, setting like more specific goals Mm -hmm. rather than, yeah, like just a general, um, I want to reach this many students in this many months or something like that. Like you said, be very specific and all that. That really helps. But I find that my approach is also um, very similar to what you mentioned early on about being more reflexive about what mm-hmm. I have already achieved. So for me, um, it's always more like, what, okay, what did I do this year? What can I do to improve on that? Mm-hmm. Right. Or um, so to me as well, it seems a little less daunting that way th- than to just create a completely new goal. Cause last year was a pretty difficult, I'd say not difficult, but it was a, it was a big undertaking because I was yes. basically starting the business, creating a course, you know, st- uh, growing my following and all that. So I did all that. Now, what's the next logical step, right? Right. So for hard. me, it was more, yeah, it's more like, okay. Getting started is, is really difficult. And then yeah. once, you, once you're up and running, you're like, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. So yeah, how, how what worked, right? What didn't work? Yeah. Like, what, what did I enjoy about this year, about this process? What are some things I could do without or that I would like to phase out of my day-to-day life, you know? Or what are some things I feel like are not being used to their fullest or explored to their fullest? So that's basically where I came up with the, um, the plans that I have now, which is basically shifting more my attention to YouTube a bit more. So let's try that platform now that I've done mm-hmm. all that Instagram seems to offer me. And, you know, and the idea I already have my course. So now I, I need to use it. I've put in all this effort in it. So I, I want to focus more on marketing that and, you know, maybe making some changes so that it's always keep up, going to be keeping up with what the students want. So, yeah, I like that reflexive approach. Like, I think so. for I me, that so. works, works better. And yeah. if, any, if anyone listening, you know, might need some help or they, they're not mm-hmm. sure about their goals, then we can definitely help you with that as well. We have Yeah, to. for sure. So thinking a little bit more widely, a little bit more generally, Faye, um, mm-hmm. as teachers, what are some common goals that we should set ourselves? Maybe just thinking in terms of our day-to-day or a week, yeah. week-by-week approach. What do you think? I think that as teachers, we're, we're all very, you're usually very people-oriented, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I like to think of it in, from two perspectives. What can I do again being very reflexive like what can I what have I done for my students what have I done for myself what can I do better for my students and for myself um let's say next week or next Mm -hmm. month or for the next intake that I have next group of students Mm -hmm. um so I think it's always important for us to keep both of those in mind yes right what worked and what didn't for my students performance for my students in class so I that's why I always like to get feedback at the end of a course um surveys if it's face-to-face you can do something printed anonymously um Mm -hmm. get that feedback so you can always reflect on what you did how your students felt how well you achieved your goals and then also look at yourself what worked in my day-to-day life what made me stressed what were some things that were maybe i'm causing like unnecessary extra work for myself what are some things i can automate right yes yes um i noticed a lot with my course for instance that I had added live lessons weekly and I, I was going to mark, I was marking um, a speaking and a writing at the beginning and at the end of the course. Mm-hmm. And about 80% of the students wouldn't do this, the assignments. Um, and half of them would come to the live lessons, you know, and yep. then it ended up being more stressful for me than anything because I had kept bugging the students to do the assignments and, you know, it would come to class on the live lessons. And I understand because of time differences and all that. 
And I'd be like, sorry for the students who did show up because maybe we had a smaller class that day or they had to talk to the same people over and over again. But obviously they were enjoying it. They were having a great time, but I was getting stressed out about it. Right. So I made changes to my course and now those things are optional. Yep. If you really want them, you can pay the extra fee for that, right? right. Yeah. So you just got to, I think, keep ourselves and our students in mind and from time to time, just check in. Yes. What about you? What do you think about that? Yeah, that's a, I think you've already covered some really important um, factors. What I would say on a day-to-day basis is as a teacher, don't burn yourself out with teaching as many classes as possible. A lot of teachers mm-hmm. think, I need to teach as many classes as possible. I need to make X amount of money to pay my rent or pay my bills. And that that's a real, that's a real issue. And again, we shouldn't underestimate that that's, you know, some people are just going to make it through day by day and it's difficult when you're starting out. So I would always say, because a lot of conversations I have student um, teachers are telling me that they're working a lot of hours. They don't get a day off. They're doing six, seven, eight hours in a row. And it's, you know, that's a really, dangerous approach to take I think and Mm -hmm. I think as teachers we need to set ourselves days or hours or chunks of time that are non-negotiable of I'm going to take this day off or I'm going to spend time with my family or I'm going to go play with my son or daughter for Mm -hmm. these few hours and taking taking having that time there that's consistent you can kind of push towards that so if you have a very busy day um, you know, if you have, you think I have six classes today throughout the day. Well, that's okay because on Thursday, I'm going to take the morning off. I'm going to do chores in the house. I'm going to do grocery shopping. I'm going to go enjoy a coffee in a coffee shop, something small like that. It's really important. And that's going to help you. And that's going to give you the opportunity to reflect, to think about ways you can do things better, to refine your approach. And, and as you said, feedback is king. And in a lesson, you know, provided you have a, a pretty good relationship with that student just to ask them how did that work for you what did you think mm-hmm. of the material you know was it too easy was it too difficult um you know how how was the article or how were the you know the keywords was it exactly. what, what did you think of the activities mm-hmm. and just getting kind of just doing a temperature check there can be a really nice way to help you improve and to better serve that student because I've had students in the past where they've gone through materials or they've gone through classes and maybe it's taken them two or three classes to say something and speak up. Whereas if I'm giving them that opportunity and I can kind of sense maybe this isn't working, then we can change things. Mm -hmm. One example last week is, you know, I I have a a conversation class that I teach with a student and we're going through articles and we're analyzing the articles. We're discussing them. We're building on them and we do it in a very visual step-by-step way. And she just said, you know, I prefer to just talk like a conversation. I don't really need the slides. Great. That's fine. We can do that. And we can yeah. talk more. We can build more. So a really simple tweak like that. It doesn't, it takes me five seconds to just type things instead of showing slides. Perfect. And sometimes we get too excited or we we yeah. forget to check with the students, right? Like you said, right. you were creating your all this work for yourself mm-hmm. and the student just wanted something simple. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah totally. One other goal. I would set again, it doesn't have to be arbitrary. It's very, it's very tempting sometimes if you have a a new student or you're meeting a student for the first time and you think, okay, I want the student to sign up for a month or a package or a, you know, three, whatever it is, three months or whatever. It can be very tempting to try to over promise. Mm. And then you're constantly trying to catch yourself up and where it gets to a stage that it's not worth it. And again, with that, I found by using your first lesson to create a plan, to listen, really mm. listen to the student. You don't have to talk that much, just to listen to them and listen to their goals and what they need. You can then create a plan for them. And what I find works really well is for me, I've got to a stage now where I have different curricula that I've put together 
And I can actually just pick and mix and choose different Mm -hmm. elements so that I can build that plan. And then that way the student feels like, oh, they're listening. They understand what I need. We've set some goals. We can start working on those. So then that's a much easier pitch than meeting a student for 30 minutes and saying, okay, let's, let's do a package. What do you think about this? Or let's book for the next 20, 20 classes, the next 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. Again, you need to be, I think, a little bit more patient with that because a lot of times the, they, they will come to you and they'll approach you. If, if you're yeah. offering them something they really want, then they'll come and take that. Of course, you can ask the question, but again, don't feel like you're pushing a little bit because sometimes students may push back. So yeah, that's, that's true. Focusing on the, on the goals and what yeah. they can attain rather than how many hours you need for that, right? Because that's something exactly. that they'll realize um, yeah. how, how that's going to be. Yeah. So, and, so looking ahead to hmm. so looking ahead to 2022, what are some new opportunities that ESL teachers can start to explore more than just you know conventional teaching? Yeah, there's there does seem to be more and more out there in terms of online platforms, and I do mm-hmm. think sometimes it's hard to stay on top of it all, but um, I know that you've used a lot of like italki and platforms like that, I think are things that um, are really helpful for, for teachers to, who might be starting out. They've only, only ever gotten local students and now they want to branch out and they want to maybe try to get students more internationally. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are lots of opportunities out there for, for teachers to do that, I find. Um, And other than, for work, I would say definitely try to look into um, teaching, um, sorry, into ways of of professionally developing yourself, your own teaching and your networking. There are so many different workshops and things you can do online now and communities you can join. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you just follow us on Instagram or follow us individually as well and other, some of those guests we've had in the past, in the episodes we've talked about community and teacher development and stuff like that, you'll see there's just a lot of different um, things that you can do to mm-hmm. connect with other teachers, uh, to be part of that community, and just take advantage of the fact that we all had to move online, you know, yes. and yes. just kind of just dive in. And I feel like now, more than ever, this is just the way of the future that we, we're not going back to the way things were anytime mm-hmm. soon. You know, we're yeah. just moving forward. So I yeah. definitely encourage people, if you haven't already, uh, to try to, to search for more of these opportunities online. And maybe just get your feet wet a little bit in the online world of teaching. I find that that could be, that could open up a lot of opportunities. What Absolutely. do you think? Yeah, I would, I would say so. Um, you know, again, I have had conversations and I've spoken to other teachers where they've said, you know, I'm teaching on this Chinese platform and our contracts are not being renewed, or I'm only getting five lessons a week when I used to get 20 lessons a week. Mm-hmm. And the message that I always try to share with teachers, and it's not easy and it, you know, it might sound easy and it's not, it is difficult is don't just rely on one thing. Don't have all your eggs in one basket to use Absolutely. the phrase yeah. um, because, you know, some teachers were just working in classrooms or language centers face to face and those language centers closed because of COVID mm-hmm. and yeah. they thought, okay, well, what do I do now? Oh, I'll try this online platform. Okay, I'll make, oh, I'm making a lot of money now because everyone's at home. Great. And then that starts to drop down. Okay, so now what do I do? So yeah. instead of hopping from one thing to the next, it's a good idea to think, okay, I'm really good at Spanish. Why don't I do some translation work? Why don't I do some mm-hmm. proofreading work? Why don't I offer my um, services um, for maybe legal uh, copywriting or something like that? Um, you know, there's lots of different ways you can utilize your skills. So you could think of something like that. Also, 
um, in terms of, you know, your language skills. It doesn't necessarily just have to be teaching students. You could be working with people in your area where you are, maybe working with other teachers, networking, uh, joining, you know, together your skills, pooling skills together to help each other. Um, that's a really nice thing to do. And again, you know, we talked about it before and I'll just kind of lay it out and I'll mention some things we can do. So maybe four or five potential new things you can try. So like we said, online platforms could be a good way to start. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're confident that you can go out on your own and do it, there's lots of ways to do that. Um, that's another option that you can have. So maybe you sign up for one or two platforms. And then on top of that, you're also actively going out finding your own students through mm-hmm. organic means. Um, again, I said translation or proofreading or um, content writing or copywriting, something like that on places like Fiverr. I know a lot of teachers who do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, materials, curriculum, if you're really you know good with graphic, graphic design, or you're really creative, uh, creating resources and materials, teachers cannot get enough of that. So if you have some skills in that area or you've created things in the past jazz it up monetize it make something from it um another one is language assessment um not just for english but for other languages too Mm -hmm. you can do language assessment a lot of people need to check their language proficiency um so there's things like the ielts obviously in in english and there's equivalencies in french uh german spanish so there's Mm -hmm. other places you can find those if you search them out um, again, audio content, podcasting um, takes a while. Uh, it, you know, it's not necessarily profitable right away, but <laughs> no. can definitely help um, get your message out and, and, mm-hmm. and people can know who you are. Because if you're setting up shop in a desert, this is the analogy I've heard a lot. You're setting up a shop in a desert. You might get a few cars driving by. They might stop and take a look. But if you go to your audience, you know who yeah. your audience is and you you know share your message with them directly then they're much more likely to engage and want to know more about what you have to offer them so these are all ways not only to increase your um hopefully increase your income but also to increase your presence um and show um and then obviously like you mentioned before Faye, things like youtube again takes time but a lot of people and i'm sure you'll agree with me here it only takes one video mm-hmm. and it's usually the video you don't expect or it only yeah. takes one um, you know, I wouldn't say controversial, but one thing that really resonates with, with viewers and yeah. that can be the difference. So again, it's, it's tricky. It takes time, but there are lots of options. There's lots of opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just about having an open mind and having the right mindset and, and working hard. And a lot of times now I'm finding my students and maybe not coming to me. Uh, sorry, I'm not going to them. They're now coming to me because mm-hmm. they see, oh, exactly. you're posting a lot of good content or, this person worked with you or this person told me to come and talk to you or um, I saw this uh, article that you wrote or or I listened to this podcast and I want to find out more. So these are all ways to do that. And it's kind of like a snowball. Once it starts to build up, then it gets moving and you can pick up more momentum. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. In a nutshell, those are some opportunities. And again, feel free to reach out and we can, we can discuss it more uh, in the future. Mm -hmm. So Faye, is it important to, continue training and networking with others to reach your goals i mean we've kind of touched on this but mm-hmm. how is networking helping you maybe we can we can go that, down that route first. um yeah absolutely i find that i mean networking is where it's how i got where i am like right. hosting the podcast with you um also doing like uh, developing courses and posting mm-hmm. stuff online i've created a few uh, things in collaboration with other teachers from all over the world. Right. Um, and I think that's only made me 
better, like a better teacher. And also it's so important for our mental health. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. We talked a lot about mental health this season, yes, we have. Uh, which I really enjoyed, but and it also made me think a lot about what I'm actually doing, because it's one thing to talk about it, you know, it's another thing to, to experience it and, and, and to take action. And just the other day, I was talking to one, one of our previous guests, actually, who I met online, and we were both talking about how the challenges that there are with um, being like a self-employed teacher online and marketing yourself on Instagram and some of the things we, some of the rewards, but also some of the things we have to deal with and some of the the things that we can get tired of sometimes. And it's just yep. really great to have somebody or, or some people or a group of people that you can um, bounce ideas off of and also have that sense of sympathy with each other, you know, and just mm-hmm. um, that, like, like that the teacher's lounge that we lack nowadays, yeah. the face-to-face yeah. teacher's lounge, right? So I find that for me, that's really been really valuable. Um, having okay. that has really helped me mentally yep. a lot. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. What what about for you? Has has having contact with all these different teachers this year helped you uh, <laughs> yeah, professionally? I so. And um, I find myself sometimes getting a little bit annoyed with myself because teachers ask questions or teachers have you know issues or problems, and that might they might post it in one of the Facebook groups I'm in, or they might post it on LinkedIn, or they might share an article, and I just feel like okay, I want to try to share some knowledge and some experience. It doesn't mean they need to listen, but it's just, uh, you know, to try to share my experience. So networking has been amazing for me, well, last year, and obviously the start of this year, because it allows me to have good conversations with people. And it's got to a stage where similar um, people in a similar, you know, boat as me who are teaching online, they say, oh, wow, Daniel, you're you're really good at X. Could we maybe work together on this? Or Mm -hmm. Daniel, I have a student who I can't help, but could you help them and vice versa? So we're setting up that reciprocal, you know, it's not a kind of, it's not a kind of, we're, we're looking for something out of it. It's just, well, let me share the knowledge. Let me share the experience because by sharing your experiences, you're helping others. And then by helping others, they will, you know, hopefully either help, help another teacher or they'll help their students. And Mm -hmm. Through networking, I've managed to, like I said, now work with um, certain people on building curriculum and putting things together. I've indirectly taken other courses and I found other ways to learn more skills and be a better Mm -hmm. teacher through this. Um, And then I I found out as well, you know, small questions, you know, asking, how do you do this? Or you did this really well. Um, How would I do that? Or do you know how to find X? And again, teachers are more than happy to help you. So When you're building your network, maybe it's Instagram, maybe it's Facebook, maybe it's LinkedIn, depending on your your student that you want to um, target. Make sure you also connect with similar like-minded individuals as well, other teachers, Mm -hmm. 
um, other people like that because it it helps again it helps with your presence if we don't know who you are how can we reach out to you how can we tell students about you how can we um you know feel like we have an expert in this field etc so when it comes to like you know you and me both we've been on lots of other podcasts we've had other podcasters Mm -hmm. on our podcast i've made videos i've made curriculum i've taken courses um i'm working with you know other people who have really huge online presences um, and being interviewed for things now. And that just helps to increase the presence that we have. And Mm -hmm. again, it's not just about getting more students. It's about being recognized and being the go-to person for X. Mm -hmm. So being the go-to person for Y. So once you have that identity, then you're, you can help students, you can help other teachers and you can hopefully, you know, build a good network where it's, people helping people, students helping students, teachers helping students, and then building skills. And it doesn't have to cost anything. This is the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing that a lot of uh, people don't realize is that you're going to be you you do end up in this new online world, I guess, that we have now of teaching, you do end up doing things that may seem like you're just working for free, but you're not you're working, you're investing in your future, and you're investing in uh, your career and in in your business, right? Which is you. And it's winter so, right now. We're planting the seedlings outside. Exactly. And by spring or summer, they'll start yeah. to bloom. Or Just maybe sow the, the tree seeds. That takes a year or two years. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of analogies today. Yes. <laughs> now, what about accountability? So we have all these goals. We're talking about all these different mm-hmm. things that our, our listeners can do and that we can, we're going to do. So, how important is it for us to be accountable? for these goals that we're setting? What do you think? Extremely, extremely, extremely accountable. You need to be accountable. If it wasn't for you, Faye, this mm-hmm. podcast wouldn't be in the state it's in. And that's a good state, by the way. <laughs> and vice versa, uh, right? We yeah. wouldn't be able to be doing this on our own, either one of us. Sometimes yeah. it's that, you know, you, you get a text or you get a WhatsApp message and you're like, oh, do I have to do this today? And, <laughs> yeah. you know, that could be from your student. That could be from, from me in your case. Faye, <laughs> from, but, uh, from our co-host? Uh, no. <laughs> But um, I'm saying this kind of accountability can actually be good because it gives you that motivation of, yeah, you know Mm -hmm. what, this person is doing it. So I need to do it as well. Mm -hmm. And I found that if, you know, if you, if anyone listening, if you're starting out on your journey, if you want an accountability partner, that is a really wonderful way to help you reach your goals. Um, I took a a course back in uh, December um, and actually had an accountability partner and it was just nice just to touch base a couple of times a week, Mm -hmm. you know? How are you finding this? How's this going? Any tips for this? Um, how have you find? Uh, how have you found? Um, you know, t- targeting your messages and you know your content, um, things like that is really good. Or you know, some teachers um, on Italki would say, you know, I'm not getting many um, bookings. Does anyone know why? So we, yeah, sure. Let me take mm-hmm. a look at your profile. Or maybe we can change this. We can tweak this. So having that accountability, it doesn't only give you motivation. It gives you support, and it, it kind of refocuses your energy because something might not be working and by yourself you might think oh this is not going to work just forget it but if you have an accountability partner thinking no no no, this is good Mm -hmm. you might think in your mind you might think it's a really bad idea but it might just need a slight tweak or a slight change to Mm -hmm. make it a great idea so I think accountability is huge um, and it's something I would advocate and something I'm doing myself um, to help me reach my goals but for you Faye what's your take on this? Yeah, I would, I would also uh, make a suggestion here for those that maybe can't find an accountability, accountability partner is just put your goals out there somewhere. 
you know, yep. just to post them on your Instagram, post yes. them, you know, you have, we have this tool nowadays, post, mm-hmm. post them on your LinkedIn or, or Facebook or whatever. Um, so having that, that can be you having that accountability yourself, um, right. but you also, you're, you're putting it out in the world, which is basically what we're doing in, on this episode. Like we've both uh, mm-hmm. set our goals and made them public now. So we we're accountable for it. And yes. all of you listening to record. us can check in and <laughs> make sure we're, 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 we're on track. Um, but just finding a way, like try not to make any excuses for that too, right? Mm-hmm. Like how can mm-hmm. I, um, if I don't have anyone who can push me to do it, it's just going to, I have to create that accountability myself. Right. Right. And you can definitely do that, um, online. You can even, uh, post it on our Instagram, um, yes. page how, un- under this episodes, <laughs> uh, post, yeah. um, we'll, we'll create a section for that. So yeah, it's just, uh, that's definitely important. Uh, we, we've, we've established that. So find a way to become accountable for your goals. Right. Yep. And um, what do you think now in terms of challenges? What are some of the biggest challenges that we are facing as teachers in 2022? I think a lot of it, of the challenge comes down to fear, which is totally understandable mm-hmm. and maybe a mindset shift. Um, so let me explain that. So when I say fear, okay, I had this job in a school or in a university or in a college where I was making, I don't know, let's say. I was making $60,000 a year and that was fine. I was getting by. Great. But now I'm at home, my school closed or there's no work and I have to try to make that money. Oh no, I better just throw myself into this, get as many students as I can. Um, Oh, there's a lot of teachers doing the same thing. Maybe I'll just, uh, $20 is too much. Maybe I'll just charge 15. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe I'll do 10. And then after a month, you might've made a thousand dollars, but you're burned out, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're doing lots of prep, doing lots of planning, your quality of life just disappears. And it's totally understandable and natural for that to happen. It makes a lot of sense. So the challenges are making sure that you have a system or that you have a plan that you can execute and that you can Mm -hmm. work within so that you are able to obviously survive because that's really important and shifting your mindset a little bit as well. So instead of kind of thinking, oh, I, I don't know, I'm, maybe, maybe I'm an, you know, I'm a non-native speaker. So maybe students, mm-hmm. they don't want to, they don't want to book a class with me or they don't want to take lessons with me. Well, why? So again, it's that imposter syndrome that we've talked about yeah, a lot. Yeah, today. absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, try to understand that even though you're not a native speaker, it doesn't mean that you're not, you know, worthy or you're mm-hmm. not you know, qualified because absolutely, you know, we, we have conversations all the time, Faye, and mm-hmm. we're on both sides of the spectrum. And there's some things mm-hmm. that you know way more than me about. And there's certain grammar rules, and, so, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. certain mechanics of English that I couldn't explain to you, but you can explain them perfectly. So mm-hmm. that is amazing if some students need that and there's times for me where you know obviously I'm, I'm very well qualified and we you know we've taken a lot of the same courses in the past yeah. but there's some situations where you would be a much better person to explain something than I would mm-hmm. so again think about what your you know what you bring to the table and what yeah, your skills exactly. and qualities are don't think about what you can't do think about what you can do so that would be mm-hmm. the first thing that I would say secondly the biggest challenge is knowing where to start where do I begin so that starts with who is my student? If it's everyone, then you're going to get burnt out and exhausted yeah. pretty quickly. If it's adults, okay, where do we go from there? Do we go for um, adults working uh, in, I don't know, in tourism? 
like mm -hmm. Hajo's um, um, client group that we talked about last week? Are we going to focus on um, students who speak English as a second language? Are we going to focus on adults who have children and we're going to help them? So think about what your audience is and then what's your message, what's your offer to them and how are we going to find them? So create plans. Like we mentioned, social media takes a long time. Reaching out to students takes a long time. But hopefully January, February, whilst you're building that up and putting the effort in and putting the hard work in, you start to build up and start to be more well-known and start to connect and network. Mm -hmm. And as you do that, you're opening more doors, you're opening more windows, mm -hmm. you're getting more visibility. And the more visible you are, the more people will see you. So that's how it works. And then, of course, is the, the whole problem of perfectionism. Mm -hmm. um, this is hard to believe. I hate, hate talking in public, even though I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> I hate taking videos. And, you know, I think, oh, my hair doesn't look good. Why, why do I look so tired? You know, I'm not ready. I don't want to make videos. And that's been a real barrier. And it's a, it's a big issue for a lot of teachers. And I yeah, yeah. can totally empathize with you. Um, changing that mindset don't aim for perfection because do you know what? No one's perfect. doesn't matter how good a teacher you are, how long you've been teaching. No one is perfect. But for you again, to connect to your audience, to relate to your audience by putting short videos out and just connecting with them, you're going to get way more engagement, way more, um, you know, of a response and hopefully your message will resonate and, and will connect with your audience way better. But I want to ask you, Faye, because you make a lot of videos. What was it like mm -hmm. for you when you started doing that? You know, it was, it was, I just had this, I've always taken this approach to things. It's like, I won't know it until I try it. Exactly. And I've always believed I, I would, I'm more likely to regret something I don't do than things that I do, you yes. know? Um, so for me, I, I realized I was, I was trying to plan like a hundred videos and make scripts for all of them and then start filming and posting until yeah. one day I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start i'm just gonna yep. shoot a video and put it out there and that made me realize it wasn't as bad as i thought it would be you know mm -hmm. once i i had the video up and started getting feedback and i'm like you know what? let's try another one that one maybe i don't like the lighting in that one so i'll try this way and yep. maybe you know uh, the background didn't work so well or oh yeah i look a bit tired so maybe let's try a different angle or something like that but right. uh, my approach has always been to not um second guess or I, I've never like I've never delete a video mm -hmm. unless there's like a huge editing issue in it or something like a typo that I need to fix yes. because we're teachers um, yes. but you know just like I leave it up there and if you look back at my first video let's say that I posted on on Instagram it is very different from what I do nowadays I'm definitely mm -hmm. not as natural as I am now I look more like deer in the headlights type thing and you know all that the lighting is weird what's that angle but it's also good to look back and be like, you know what, this is my evolution. Exactly. It shows how far exactly. I've come. And if you, say. it's like you've said about mindset is if, we, if you shift that mindset to, it's all part of my learning process. It's all yes. part of my history as a teacher, you know? And you, you're not the same, you're not the same teacher that you were when you did your first video, but now yeah. you've done it hundreds of times. Yeah. It's easy. It's natural. You can probably now just yeah. see something and think, Oh, let me do a video about that. Yeah, exactly. And, and now I've, I've, I've started to learn ways that I can be smarter about my use of my time as well because exactly. yeah it is true that you are creating free content on Instagram you're not being paid for it mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it is hard to stay motivated I even feel right. that way like to record all these videos and all that and it's like mm -hmm. okay what am why am I doing this right it's so much of my time and just being smart about things like that too yeah oh I'm just at the grocery store this is something interesting for the students to see so I'm just right. gonna 
shoot a video real quick. Or mm-hmm. the other day I made a se- sequence of stories on talking about the snow here in Vancouver and it just, people loved it. And I'm like, I'm just going to edit those down into a video and post that on my timeline. Exactly. So just trying to find ways, like thinking as a teacher, like we always do, yeah. but you know, I've always done that. And you probably do that too. When you're out, you're like, oh, this would be an interesting lesson. Oh, this would be a good video to show my students. You do the same, but you have your phone with you. So you just exactly. shoot a video. I just and- go to my notes tab and I'm typing things in. Let's write about this. Let's talk about this. Let's yeah. share this. Exactly. 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 So yeah. I think that, yeah, what you said about fear, I think it's really, it's a really big thing. And I think for 2022, for a lot of us, there's still a fear of the unknown because I think we all thought that by now we would would have a more steady, stable uh, life post pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we're clearly not, we're like shifting into a more endemic state of things, but we're definitely not, things are not going to go back to the way they were. And things, no. and now we know that they can change at any minute. So I think That's a lot of true. things we have to reassess a lot of things that we took for granted and a lot of things that uh, were certain in our lives are mm-hmm. not anymore. Yes. So I think this is a huge challenge for us. It's just, what yeah. can I count on? And I think that that realization of I can count on myself. Exactly. Exactly. You know? yes. That's what it's going to say. What can I do? Like you said, like even if you're a non-native speaker of English uh, as a teacher, what what can I do well? What have yep. I studied? What have I learned? This is what I do. This is what I teach. This is who I am. And, you know, just play to your strengths. And none of us are perfect. We don't all know everything. You know, we have like native speakers making grammar mistakes all the time, type like typing, mistyping words and spelling. Yep. And it's like, it's that's fine. And that's what I like to show my students too. You being a native speaker doesn't mean you're a perfect speaker of English, right? No, it doesn't at all. That that's shouldn't funny. be the goal. And that shouldn't be your goal as a teacher either. So yep. um, yeah, I'm not a native speaker. And, you know, I did have moments where I doubted, I questioned who was going to hire me in Canada. You know, what am I doing as a Brazilian moving to Canada to teach English as a second language? Nobody's going to hire me. The country's full of native speakers, (laughs) you know, but, um, but that was completely not the case. Um, I was, I was assessed and evaluated according to my skills as a teacher, my experience, you know, um, my, my qualifications. And it was just really, uh, a really interesting realization when I will notice that my boss had more faith in me than I did, you know? Exactly. And the beautiful thing was, even though we've both come from very different backgrounds as a native and a non-native speaker, we've actually gone on pretty similar journeys in a lot of yeah. ways, which is, mm-hmm. which is great because we, and we ended up basically in the same place, like we're here, <laughs> yeah. you know? So it's, yeah. it, it is interesting it's to think world. that. It is. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great. Mm-hmm. And now shifting more to our students, what do you think are some of the challenges they're facing and how can we help them in 2020? Yeah. I think a lot of students are still in that stage of Zoom or online burnout where they're just used to, you know, having lessons online, online, online. So what we need to think about there is what what would I want if I was a student? So trying to have that empathy of what would I want if I was a student? Do I want document after document of reading? No. Do I want, you know, lots and lots of visuals? No. So again, understand your student, listen to their needs and try to give them something that's going to meet their needs. So for example, um, with a lot of students now, I don't just give them the one-to-one class because they need more than that. So Mm -hmm. one-to-one class, uh, online course, which I can kind of mix and match with videos, content, assignments, et cetera. 
um, some homework tasks, which are based on the material to, to link it along, readings, things like that. So listen to your students, create a plan, negotiate a plan with them, and make sure that they feel like they're part of that journey. It's not your class, it's their class, and you're just facilitating and helping them. Um, so I think that's the biggest challenge that our students might face is kind of knowing what they want and trying to be aware of that and meet their needs. And then also for students now, they've never had more options for mm -hmm. places to learn English or a language or teachers or, you know, uh, teachers at the low end of the price range, teachers at the high end of the price range. So again, like you said, Faye, don't focus on I have A, B, C, D. That's great to have those qualifications is great or to have that experience is great. But what makes you you? So yeah. for me, you know, knowing where a student's from. So if I have a student from Brazil, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Sao Paulo. Oh, really? Wonderful. Yeah, I, I have a colleague from Sao Paulo, blah, blah, blah. And I know this and I've learned this. So you build that instant connection, you build that trust and you build, you build it up to a stage where that, that student thinks, wow, this teacher really gets me. I want to invest in them because they, they invest in you as a person. They don't invest in the program necessarily. That's just one element or the class necessarily. It's one element, but mm -hmm. they invest in you to help them reach their goals. So I'd say those are the, the main things to be aware of um, that we should think about with our students. Um, what about for you, Faye? Yeah, I totally agree. I also think more particularly, again, uh, thinking about uh, what our fears are, like after all this pandemic and all this, I feel like our students this year, um, are realizing that they can't put their goals on hold anymore. I've, I've seen a lot of students who like 2020, 2021, they were, everybody was still kind of holding their breath in and okay, when will I be able to go study in Canada? When can I get back into my preparation for my university abroad? Um, but I think we are, we're all realizing and students have realized now that they, they, they can't keep these things on hold. They just have to adapt. And like you said, that that has this aspect of like, okay, now I have all these choices, all this new type of learning, all this, this access to all these things that I don't really know or that are so new for me. Right. Um, and even like methods of learning and, and teaching and doing online courses, doing lessons over Zoom, this might all be very new for our students. Yes. So I'm so thankful every time I get uh, students that never met me, you know, but they sign up for my courses just because they've seen me on Instagram or, you know, this is, yeah, this is exactly and they, they trust me with that. Yes. And because you, you're sending amazing. out that message, you're going to your student, they're resonating, they're investing in you to a stage where they can just get started instead of you. You don't know me. I don't know you. Let's yeah, try and build that over 30 minutes or 45 minutes. It's not, it's not quite the case. So yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Advice. And it's really admirable. Like, it's just, it's commendable for them. Like, I, I always oh. tell them, like, I'm, I'm so honored that you have trusted me. You've trusted mm -hmm. my course. I'm happy that you're here. I'm here to support you in any way I can. So it's, it's good for us to keep that in mind too, with our students that, you know, this is challenging for them just as it is for us. And again, how can I help them with these challenges and what, what tools are there that I can use to, to make them feel less alone, make them feel less uh, unsupported in this, yeah. on this journey. Do, right? do you ask your students why they chose you or why they decided to buy your course or to sign up for, you know, your, your classes? Do you, you ask them what? why? That's a good question. I never have asked that specifically. Okay. Um, I do get feedback at the end of courses and things like that, mm -hmm. but um, I've had students tell me that they had seen me talk about my courses. Okay. And they, on the third, the first time they're like, oh, okay, fine. 
And then the second time, hmm, maybe, maybe that's a good idea. And then the third time they hear me talk about it, they're like, you know what? What is this course that she keeps talking about? Yeah, um, so that's been a great lesson for me too, is that that repetition, you know, yep. online of like, what, what do I have to offer you? How can I help you as a student? I found just by asking them. I've yeah. asked, you know, when I first meet students, I ask them, I say, what, you know, what, what, what was it that made you, you know, book a class? So why did you want to book a class with me? And then just by finding that out, it's really nice because it helps me better serve my students and know what they need because I know this is my target student. That's These are the problems they have. And I can mm-hmm. use that again to reflect and to build my content and my message to them. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, I never done that explicitly. I should. I've always yeah. done more observation. For instance, the newest group I've just uh, started with my course, mm-hmm. um, almost all of them live in Canada or US. That's amazing. And one of them is planning, is moving here next month, ne- next year. So that's so, your proof of concept right there. Exactly. So I'm yeah. like, okay, this is exactly the people I had in mind when I developed this course. And so it's working. It takes time. It's been, it's been a year, year and a half now, right? Yeah. A year. Yeah. A year, just over a year. Now you have that proof of concept, which is amazing. That's great. Yeah. That's very true. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's now talk about the goals for ESL talk in 2022. Right. It's been actually just over a year since we started the podcast and it's been such an incredible journey. It really has. We just wanted to thank all the listeners and audience and we're continuing to grow every episode. We actually, the last check, we average around 5,000 uh, downloads a month, which is amazing. <laughs> That's mm. something I never thought we'd achieve. And, you know, with your help and support, we're able to explore new topics. We've been able to interview some amazing guests and uh, help more and more ESL teachers as well. Yes. And we do want to be able to connect, network and help more of you in 2022. So we actually have lined up some really big guests for season four, which will kick off uh, soon with a huge announcement. Yes, we uh, have something very big uh, that you're going to be hearing about when we start again uh, for season four. And again, uh, your input and your ideas will be needed. So we hope to hear from you and we can try to put all these things that we talked about in practice. And this could be a great opportunity for you guys to demonstrate your talents, your skills, your passions, um, and share and build that community that we're talking about. So, um, you know, please do stay tuned. We will be sending out information. So stay tuned for season four information. It should be coming out shortly, but we are just going to be taking a little bit of time um, to reflect and to kind of plan ahead. Remember that while we're on break, you can still get in touch with us on Instagram at ESL Talk Podcast. You can send us an email to eslTalkPodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website and access all of our previous episodes from seasons one, two, and three for free. Just head to eslTalk.com. Remember, it's esl-talk.com. And finally, uh, you can find us individually on Instagram. You can find me at Learning with Faye. Faye is F-E-Y. Or at I'm Daniel Teacher. Thank you for your support, guys, because... Uh... I can see a lot more of you following me now. So thank you for that. It's wonderful. (laughs) So we've reached another milestone. Season three, it's in the pocket. It's done. It's been a a great season. We've had a lot Mm -hmm. of really great guests and we'll be continuing in the same passion, same vein, and we'll be getting a lot more um, from you in future episodes. So we're really happy for for your support and we'll see you soon for season four. It's dropping very soon. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.